Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor David Hall. If you'd like to find out more about David or to keep up to date with his ministry, you can visit davidhall.com.au. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, let's turn to the book of Psalms. I'm not actually reading Psalms, I'm reading a Psalm, which make up the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 89. Psalm, are you ready for the word tonight? Psalm 89, and I want to have a look, at, I just want to have a look at one verse and then we'll, we'll open this up. The Bible says, Psalm 89 verse 15, it says this, it says, blessed, somebody say blessed. Is anyone blessed in the house of God tonight? He says, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound, they walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. The correct translation is not are, it actually is the word is. Blessed is the people who know the joyful sound because the psalmist is talking about a people who are, are not just human. They're not, they're not people by virtue of their, their species. They are people who have been called out of darkness and into the light of God. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2.9 that we are a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And you might be sitting next to one of these people, a peculiar people, who should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When he says blessed is the people. Blessed is the people, not the person, the people, the body of Christ, the church, the people of God who have been called out of darkness and into the king. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm glad I'm part of a people who are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, saved by the grace of God. Can someone just clap a little bit? Just a, I wore my new suit. I'm heaps excited. He says, blessed is the people who know the joyful sound. And I guess for the title of my message tonight, I want to just talk about hearing a sound, knowing a sound, being a people who know the sounds of God and what God is doing in our world. Sometimes we hear, but we don't hear. Sometimes there is a sound that we should just recognize. We should just know that as the people of God, I feel like God's calling us as the church, as the body of Christ to be a people who know the joyful sound. Who, who, I, mean, I mean, it's a sound that maybe if somebody that didn't know the Lord heard, they, they wouldn't understand. They, they might not understand somebody in church shouting amen or, or shouting hallelujah or getting real pumped and shouting Merry Christmas or hashtag boom, shake the room. I don't know. But, but here's the deal. You, 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 when you say it, it's almost like sometimes there's things that we hear and understand that maybe we, you're trying to explain to somebody that doesn't know Jesus and it's trying to tell a blind person who's never seen what the color blue looks like. That you, you're talking a whole different language. There's a sound that comes when you're part of the body of Christ. And, 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 and this particular scripture, it really works into my first thought. And I just want to open this up. And I know that you've had a, a series here by Pastor Bev preaching on the tabernacle here at the church. But when the, when the Israelites would would sin or they would want to worship God, they would come to the tabernacle, which the tabernacle was really God's gift. It was the cross in the Old Testament. It was God's gift 
to, to create a place where fallen man could have fellowship with a holy God. And so they established this place called the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. And, uh, and, as, as, and I really need to just keep this short because we're not going to get into this mosaic pearl because I've got other stuff I want to tell you. So I'm just sort of figuring this out as we go. And, uh, and so basically, if you sinned, you could come and bring some kind of animal, whether it be a goat, uh, a turtle dove. I don't think dingoes were accepted, but they should have been. And so you could bring an animal. And, and basically what would happen, I know this is a bit gory, but you would put your hand on that animal as the priest would cut the throat of that animal. Blood would pour into a receptacle and that receptacle would be taken by the priest. And as you laid your hand, you would impute your sin into that animal and that lamb or that turtle dove or whatever the animal was would literally pay the price for your sin. I'm so glad that we had a redeemer who who did it once and for all, whose name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. Who broke the power of sin and bondage in our life that we might have life and have it everlasting. And so in the story, in this, in this, in this scripture, we we hear the, the same blessed is the people who know the joyful sound. Those people were God's people who would listen as the blood that had been shed was taken into the Holy of Holies. And, and there's a process and, and it's definitely something worth studying and knowing. But as they would move past the bronze laver, the table of showbread and, and the altar of incense and, and, and walk into and various other pieces of furniture in the tabernacle, they would walk into the holy place. And as they would, the priests would take off their 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 garments and really wear just a very fine linen. But as they would take off their garments to apply the blood to the top of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I know it's heavy and some of you are going, what just happened here? What this is all about is we couldn't access God. The Ark of the Covenant represented God and the blood would be sprinkled on the mercy seat, which was the top of the Ark. Inside the Ark was Aaron's budding rod, it was the, was the Ten Commandments, and was manna from heaven. And what would happen is the, the blood of that sacrifice would be applied to the top of that box, which carried the presence of God. And the minute that happened, redemption would come to the person who brought who brought the sacrifice, or, or I guess the whole of Israel would line up and bring their sacrifice on this day. The point I'm trying to tell you is, as the priest would go into the holy place, if he wasn't right with God, he could die in the presence of God. I mean, God doesn't muck around. That Old Testament God, he, he, he want to behave yourself. And so what the priest would do is take off his outer garment, and on the bottom of his garment was the sound of pomegranates and bells. And they would listen. There would be a silence as thousands, millions of people would listen for the sound of those bells. As the garment was taken off, he would sprinkle the blood and then he would put the garment back on and they would hear the bells and the pomegranates knock together. And it was at that moment they would know that redemption had come. And you know the beautiful thing, the psalmist says, blesses the people that know that sound. It's a sound of redemption. You might be here tonight and you don't know Jesus. Do you know that sound? Do you know what it feels like to know the peace of God that passes understanding? You might be sitting in Mount Wellington or in Balclutha or Dingo Creek campus. It's a new one. We just added it right then. Very powerful. You might be in Invercargill. You might be in, what's the campus that I'm forgetting about? Not Queensland. I know about them. There's one in the North Shore. I don't know who they are. They're here. They're nothing but trouble. And uh, But Queensland, I don't know where you are, but what I do know is you can live free by the the grace of God. You can be born again. How do you get born again? You say, Jesus, come into my heart. And then you truly know a sound of the grace of God. And so that's a sound. Here's a sound that the people of God need to know. It's the sound of redemption. Another sound that we need to know 
We find in Revelation 1.15, the Bible talks about God's voice being the sound of many waters. It's the sound of God's voice. You know, God can talk to you. God can walk with you. A relationship with God is not just a one-way conversation where we just supplicate and pray and talk to God. Do you know you can stay still long enough and God will begin to speak to you? A great patriarch of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, said, I don't really pray much longer than 15 minutes. He said, but I don't go 15 minutes without praying. Because what he said is, he says, I want to have uninterrupted fellowship with God, where God speaks to you, and you hear his voice, and he guides you, and he gives you direction, and he, and he walks with you. I don't know about you, but maybe you're in this place tonight, and you're saying, God, I need your wisdom on something. If you would just stay, stay, stay settled long enough to say, God, speak to my heart, there is always a word from heaven. Does anyone believe that in this place? And Jesus said in John 10, he said, my sheep, they know my voice. When you're saved, when you're serving Jesus... There's a sound that you get to know, and it's the voice of your God who's alive. And you know, totally interested in you. On this flat section, up in the nosebleed area, God is so interested in every facet of your life. Do you believe that? There's another sound that I believe we need to know. The Bible talks about in Acts chapter 2. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, They're all with one accord in one place. Does anyone know the scripture? And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. The Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared under them cloven tongues. Not just tongues, cloven. They were cloven. There's nothing like a good cloven tongue every now and then. Cloven tongues, like as a fire. The Bible says, one sat upon each of them and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say they're all filled. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in tongues. The Spirit gave them the utterance. In other words, there's a sound that we need to know. And if I can be old school for just a minute, it's called the sound of Pentecost. It's the sound of a rushing mighty wind. It's the sound of Pentecostal power from heaven. You say, what is a Pentecostal? And I know I've shared it with the young people. A Pentecostal is not a denomination. It's not a brand of church. I've met people that go to a Pentecostal church and there's not a lot of Pentecostal fire. Pentecostal fire, Pentecostal power is simply we are believers in what what happened in this moment where God filled that upper room 2,000 years ago and people were filled with power. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the kind of Christian that doesn't have power. I don't want to be the kind of Christian that doesn't have enough power to blow the fuzz off a peanut. Man, I want, I want to carry enough power that miracles happen. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that? That lives are changed, that, that circumstances are turned. See, I was raised old school. My dad's a healing evangelist by the name of Tim Hall. I know he's preached here before. I was raised, see, see you, you and I, we were raised in a different environment, I think. See, most of you for your sixth birthday, especially young people, you probably got a G.I. Joe or some kind of Barbie doll if you're a girl, hopefully. For my sixth birthday, you know what I got? I got an overhead projector. Anyone else in the room get an overhead projector for your sixth birthday? And so I'd bring my friends over and we'd play church and I'd line up the teddy bears, I'd give my friends communion. I gave them Panadol in a medicine cup. I'd stand up and say, friends, there's healing in this cup, you know. I'd lead the singing with my... And this wasn't one of these overheads like this. Look at that. That's, that's quite pretty. 
not one of those that, that, that do all this. This, this, was, this was the real, the real Christian kind. How many remember the Christian kind? It was, yeah, yeah, some of you are going, bring those back. We need those. And any minute you're going to bust out a lava lamp and start singing Janis Joplin as well. But what we, what we, what we, what were these were, were like a metal box, you know? And, and, and about yay big by yay big by about yay high. I don't know how big yay actually is, but it seems to fit this situation. And it had like a stick and another stick and then a mirror kind of situation. How many know what I'm talking about? And then you'd, write the words on a transparency. I don't even know if young people know what a transparency is. I feel like you have to learn it's part of our church history. (laughs) And you'd write the choruses on the transparency and if you were the overhead operator in church and you're under pressure and you accidentally put the slide upside down, people thought the song was in Russian. (laughs) And so I'd line up the teddy bears, Pastor Krista, I'd pray for them. They were all slain in the spirit except for one. He had a resistant spirit. But I cast the devil out of him. He got free. I baptized him, Big Ted. I baptized Big Ted and his eye fell off. My mum sewed his eye back on and we testified to the healing power of Jesus. You know, I even received offerings. I remember one day I took an offering, got six bucks, and I went and bought a sooty video. It was fantastic. I was in full-time ministry at the age of five. See, the way you and I grew up was different. The way I grew up, if I was ever sick on a school day, I never got sympathy. I see this morning, Pastor Chris's daughter was sick and she's getting hugs and love. If I got sick like that on a school day, I didn't get hugs and love. My bedroom door would burst open and it walked dad and my stepmother. In the name of Jesus, you foul thing, come out of him. And it was violent. It was like, in Jesus' name, heal him. Set him free. Pick him up, Jack. Let the power of God come on. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Power of God. I'd get up, leave my bedroom, black eye, thick lip, teeth, teeth missing. Blood nose, eye missing, but not one flu symptom. True story. So, so I was raised, man. I was raised Pentecostal. So when I preach some of this stuff, I, I, Pentecostal power was just part of... What we're blessed with, you say, what is it? It is simply the Spirit of God getting a hold of your life, filling you from head to toe, filling your mouth with the language of heaven, being able to pray in the Holy Ghost, giving you supernatural power. He says, you shall receive power. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, can I ask you a question? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you filled with the power? I don't know about you. You can't walk into a building like this and a church with an atmosphere like this without some people filled with the Holy Ghost and power. So, some of you know what I'm talking about. You know what it is to pray until something breaks loose in your situation and lives get changed. You shall receive power. Man, I'm getting happy in the house tonight. Hallelujah. Is anyone happy tonight? Does anyone believe in the power of God? Does anyone believe that God's still moving today? Does anyone believe in the supernatural power of God? You know, you might have been spirit-filled back in 1943. I want to ask you a question. Are you filled right now? Tonight, at the end of this message, in all the campus, we're going to be praying for people, believing God for breakthroughs to happen in people's lives, miracle power to grab a hold of people's hearts. And lives in Jesus' name. Pentecostal power. Nearly done. But I was talking to the young people today and started telling a story. And I really felt like I wanted to share it with you here tonight. And that is, I was preaching at a little camp in Queensland. This is the beginning of 2010 uh, for a group called the Royal Rangers. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of them. It's a different group of people. And... Uh, <laughs> 
It's basically like Boy Scouts without a budget. And, uh, and so I'm preaching this Royal Rangers camp and so I'm preaching on the Holy Spirit. I prayed for a few people, the power of God's touching lives and people are getting changed by the grace of God. It was good fun, you know. We saw God move. But there was one guy by the name of Yuka, and Yuka's from Finland. And uh, Yuka comes up to me and says, I want you to come to Finland and I want you to preach because our people need the power of God. So I said, no worries. And so uh, we went to Finland. 20-hour flight, we get to Finland. I'm all excited and believe in God. And, and they tell me, they said, look, you're going to preach in this, in this tent. There'll be about 3,000 people at this camp, which is a pretty big camp. And so he said, but you'll have one with a full crowd and then you're going to be one of many different things that are on. There'll be bands and all of those things. So, so basically he said, have a good first meeting because your second meetings will depend on that. And so I'm like, okay, no worries, Yuka. And then Yuka leaves and the youth pastor's in the side room and he decides to just do everything he can to kind of quench the spirit of God in, in my heart and just depressed. I got depressed. He starts going, he said, we don't believe that when you're filled with the spirit, you'll speak in tongues. He said, we don't believe that by his stripes, we are healed means that Jesus was whipped, that you might be healed, which I totally disagree with. By his stripes, we are healed means by his stripes, we are healed. Maybe you're sick in this place tonight. We're going to believe God for a miracle for you. And so, and so he starts saying all these things. And then he says, we don't believe that people should be falling out under the power of God. That's just Americanism. And I said, well, I'm from Australia. And, and I said, and I've seen it happen in New Zealand as well. I'll have you know. And uh, he goes, well, that's just Americanism. So I'm like, okay. And he, my spirit was like pumped. And then I went from God's man of faith and power to God's man of paste and flour. <laughs> that's just silly. <laughs> and, so, and so anyway, I felt the spirit of God speak to me. And he said, why are you here? I said, because I was invited to come bring a move of God. So I looked at this guy and I went, <laughs> and he goes, what's so funny? Now, for a Finn, that's quite vibrant, you know. He says, what's so funny? And I said, uh, you've invited the worst person in the world for your camp, bro. And he said, why is that? I said, because I believe that Jesus is a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I believe he turns things around. I believe in miracles. I believe in the fire of God. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the supernatural. And I said, and guess what? I'm going to preach about it in about five minutes time. And he looked at me like, yeah, good luck. And I'm like, I'll show you good luck. And so I said, God, you've got to move. And he said, why? I said, spite. And I said, he said, no worries. And so, 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 so I preached. And, 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 and the interpreter, I'm pretty sure he was a Baptist. Because I started preaching. I preached. This was the title of my message. I preached on the fire of the Holy Ghost. Because I thought, you can't be more overt than that. And plus, I wasn't being unsubmissive because the pastor invited me and asked me to preach that. If he had told me those things, well, I would have had to preach about basket weaving in Dingo Creek. But I didn't have to because the boss had said I could. But anyway, all I couldn't get this guy out of my head. So I'm preaching. The fire of God's going to come on you. I mean, he's going to fill every person. When he filled people in the book of Acts, he didn't just fill some. They were all filled. The Bible says there was a flame on every head. I said, there's a flame with your name in Jesus' name. Take that, you ugly thing. And I didn't say that. I thought that that was an inside thought, better, better unsaid. But I, I'm preaching this, and I said, we're going to pray for people. You're going to speak in tongues. I said, rubber gumboot. I said, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Mitsubishi. And I said, all of those things, just, just to sort of get things moving a little bit. And so I'm preaching on the power of the Holy Ghost. And man, I'm getting excited. I feel faith rise in my spirit. And there was a girl on the front row. I called her up. I said, sweetheart, come on the platform. Lift your hands to God. I went to pray for her. Before I could even finish praying, she hit the floor. There was no catcher because they didn't think they'd fall over because we weren't in America. 
the Baptist interpreter, I got excited and I was like, Kuraba Shandarabas. He, he goes like this, Hallelujah. I'm like, I didn't say that. You lying. Man. She hits the floor. That service, 600 people under the power of God. The next service, so that service, about 2,500 people came to the service. The next service, there's going to be bands on and everything like that. So I said, if you come to the next service, you're going to receive your prayer language. 3,000 people showed up and said, including all these workers from the camp who weren't even meant to be there. They just heard God was moving. So they came. 1,200 people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in the language of heaven. Come on, somebody. Can we give God a praise in here? The same power that was there, it's the same power that was in an upper room, it's the same power that's here, the same power that's on a youth camp. Can I say, you might have been in, in, in charismatic Pentecostal circles a long time. Can I just remind you, it's good every now and then just to have a fresh infilling of the Spirit. When's the last time you got filled with power? When's the last time you left church a little bit drunk in the Holy Ghost? When, when's the last time you couldn't find your keys and then you realize you can't find your car? So you just stood in the car park and just rejoice and be glad in the name of Jesus. I mean, when's the last Last time you let, you worship God, you didn't just get goosebumps. You got kiwis. I mean, you got you started get albatross, pelicans, the whole thing. When's the last time you hit the floor under the? When's the last time you came so hungry for God you thought I might wear an outfit that matches the carpet because I know tonight's my night. Some people say falling down's weird. Yeah, falling down's weird, but it's nowhere near as weird as working out what the right time to get back up is. To me, falling down is the easy part. And then you sort of come to a little bit. And you're like, do I get up yet? Because you want to you stay down long enough. You get fully barbecued. So when you finally get to heaven, he says, well done, instead of medium rare. You know what I'm saying? We... People say things should be done decent in order. The only thing that I know of that's really decent in order is basically the grocery store and the cemetery. And he's talking about prophecy. He's not saying a book of Acts, old Tom, Holy Ghost revival. I mean, sometimes we just need to get loose, get filled with the power of God. It doesn't mean we should get weird. It just means we should be hungry for the anointing of God, filled with the Holy Ghost. So the third session, instead of people going to the thing, I said, the next morning we're going to pray for everybody. Again, 3,000 people show up in this tent. Pray for everybody. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a long meeting, friends. I'll tell you, we went for a while. These people were all under the power of God in the dirt on the bottom of that tent in a little town called Yaivaskula in Finland. And the fire of God flowed like a river. Can I tell you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can move in New Zealand from Whangarei to Invercargill, from Napier to Invercargill. <laughs> Now, I feel the Holy Ghost in here, you know. God's here. Sound of Pentecost. I know this is old school preacher. I hope it's all right. I hope you don't mind. Hope. I'm, there's no school like old school. The Bible's fairly old school, you know. Another sound. Can we get a bit more old school? Let's have a look at the book of Thessalonians for one moment. Chapter 4. I really like this. This is this I'm excited about. Just a little bit excited about this one. A bit pumped. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now, this is old school. This is old school Bible. How many people have been in church a long time? You've been in church a long time. See, when I read this, you're going to be like, mm-hmm, I've always known this. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, 
And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we'll also be with the Lord. That's a bit scary. It's pretty frightening. So Paul just tries to make it a bit better. He says, <laughs> comfort one another with these words. <laughs> <laughs> he says, the world's going to go crazy, but we're just going to... One day when he, when he says, toot, we're going to scoot. It's the sound of resurrection. It's the sound, if, if I can use an old school word, it's the sound of the rapture. You might have never heard of the word rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible. And so I'm going to talk about it. And, and you might sit here and go, well, if it's not in the Bible, I'm not interested. Well, neither is the word Bible. <laughs> but the Bible says that those who follow Christ, there's going to come a moment where we're going to hear the sound of the trumpet of God. The Bible says that, 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 that we're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. That word caught up comes from a, a, a Greek word, which is harpazo, which is, is translated in Latin to a word rapturo, which means plucked. Rapturo is the word from which we get words like uh, raptor. So a bird that grabs his prey, plucks his prey. One day we're just going to be walking and he's going to take us home. It's not going to be a bad day. It's going to be a great day. Unless the pilot on the plane that you're flying on is saved and, and you're not, it's not going to be so good. Some people get all stressed out about the end of time. They get worried about the rapture. Let me tell you how the rapture is going to happen. You say, is this in the Bible? Not sure. <laughs> but I've been told by Pastor Peter. <laughs> that there's a rapture button in heaven. That's what I've been told. Not by Pastor Peter Mortlock. This is a guy called Pastor Peter. Have some fun. And... <laughs> He said there's a rapture. <laughs> Sorry, this is silly. This is getting, it's getting weird. But there, there's, a, there's a button. So one day the angel whose responsibility in heaven is cleaning the button, he'll sort of... <laughs> the Bible says, Enoch walked with God and he was no longer. Enoch's minding his own business. The angel hits the button. <laughs> Enoch's in heaven. God's like, dude... Or angel. <laughs> I told you not to play with a button. We now got Enoch here. He wasn't meant to be here. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Kind of ruining this whole surprise. He says, if you do it again, I'm taking your wings for three weeks. So f- about a thousand years later. <laughs> Elijah's in a chariot. And the chariot just keeps going up, 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 up. And we've never heard from him again. And so Jesus is like, well, give me your wings. So he had to walk around like that for six weeks to fit in. <laughs> then he got the courage up again 1,500 years later or so. There's Jesus on the top of the mountain. And he says, this is one of the last things he says, lo, lo, it's just short for hello. I don't know. He says, lo, I'll be with you always. And he's gone. And God's like, well, we've now got Jesus here. And so that's all I know, really, because there's the only three. But what we do know is that at one point, 
this button's going to get pushed and we're out of here. And some people get all freaked out about it. But you know, it's a sound. And I'm not trying to get all wacky or old time or end times crazy, but 27% of the Bible talks about some of this stuff. And there's coming a moment where there's going to be an end of time. The world is getting crazy right now. And I do think we need to have a listening ear for what God's about to do. It's not a time of fear. I'm not worried about the end times. Some people get all worried. They think something, a war breaks out, so they go and fill their cupboard up with... Bake beans and build a bunker under the house. I'm telling you right now, if I'm going to get in a bunker with somebody, the last thing I'm going to eat is baked beans. That's some sound advice right there. I, I, will, I will start. They get all scared. Can I tell you, that, do you know how the Bible says God's going to defeat the Antichrist? With one breath of his nostril. Not nostrils. Nostril. So we're going to be riding with him on horseback from heaven. Apparently motorbike now. We're going to be riding from heaven. Come down. We've got our swords. We're ready to kill this antichrist and just get into it. And God's going to be like, we're all here. And he's going to be like, guys, chill. Watch this. And it's all over. What an anticlimax. And you, you know, you, you, some of you come up to Pastor Peter on a Sunday and say, Pastor Peter, I'm under attack. You don't need to be under attack if the enemy comes in your room. In Jesus' name. That's how you deal with the devil. I'm going to tell Bill Sabritsky about this new method. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In flu season, it's even more effective. You say, why are you telling me this? I don't know, really, to be honest. But what I am telling you, Jesus is coming back and we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready with the power of God. There's one more sound there, but I just want to finish with this one. And, uh, and maybe if a keyboard player can come to prove that I am trying to finish this one. The Bible tells us a story. The man by the name... Elijah and he had prophesied drought and he was being subdued by a woman called Jezebel Jezebel probably not the friendliest lady in the world the name Jezebel means impure did some research it's not a popular name as far as Bible names there's not many parents going I'm going to name my kid Jezebel there's only 22 Jezebels born in 2012 making it the 5,900 56th most popular name in the world. Basically, the whole place is in a disaster and people are crying out for breakthrough. And Elijah says this, he says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. It's a sound of provision and victory. You know, you might be here tonight and you might say, what does an abundance of rain mean? It means God wants to so invade your world. And bring blessing, bring provision, bring hope, bring destiny, bring redemption, bring the power of God, bring a lack of fear for what the end may bring. And you might be here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You might be in this room and you might be in Queenstown. You might be in the other campuses across New Zealand. And, and I'm just going to ask that in this room right now and in, in, in all the other campuses that are watching right now, if you would bow your heads, every person, close your eyes. I want to ask you a question tonight. And it's simply this, are you right with God? 
Are you part of that people who know the sound of victory, who know the sound of praise, who know the sound of deliverance, who know the sound of miracles, who know the sound of answered prayer, who know the sound of hope and destiny? You might be in this room tonight. You might be in Mount Wellington, in Balclutha, in Invercargill, and in Queenstown. You say, David, I don't know Jesus Christ. I know that I need to get my life right with him. Let me tell you, before you were even born, God knew who you were. He formed you in the womb of your mother. He's the author of your life. Would you make him the author and the finisher of your faith? You might be here tonight and you'd say, David, I don't have a vibrant relationship with God. I want to ask you a question tonight. If you were to pass from this life right now, do you know where you'd spend eternity? I want to ask you in this room, would you come and meet Jesus? The most important decision that you can ever make is not to join a church. It's not even who you marry. Those are massively important decisions. But the most important decision you make in your life is the decision to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Let him take you, forgive you, redeem you, give you a new beginning. Give you a, it's, not, it's not that he changes your life. He gives you a whole new life. He says, I'll take out your heart of stone. I'll put it in a heart of flesh. I'll put a new spirit within you. And you might be in this room. You might be in the other four locations. I don't know where you're seated. I don't know where you're at. I don't even know what a lot of you look like. But what I do know is that Jesus Christ loves you with all of his heart. And he wants to change your whole world in this place. Maybe you've been brought here tonight or, or especially in Mount Wellington or, or one of the campuses involved with the youth camps and maybe you're, you're a parent picking up your kid and, and you're just there to support your child. Can I say, it's no coincidence you came to church tonight. Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for you. He wants to change life. He wants to take guilt. He wants to take self-condemnation. He wants to take regret out of the equation of your life. And he wants to give you a new beginning. And if you're in this place tonight, in any campus, while heads are bowed and people in prayer, would you pray this prayer out loud? Church, I'm going to ask you to pray it as well. We're going to pray it together. Let's pray this prayer and let's invite Jesus into our life and into our heart and give God praise for what he's about to do. But let's pray all together, every person, all campuses. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, I come to you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, it says in your word, which cannot lie, that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died on a cross to forgive me of sin and he rose again, I shall be saved. And so right now, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I invite you to come into my heart. Would you forgive me? Would you wash me clean? Would you give me a new beginning? Lord, I give my life to you. Would you take my life and use me? Today's a new day. And from this moment forward, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, can we stand to our feet and give the Lord a shout of praise here in, in North Shore? And
and to all the other pastors and leaders around New Zealand, thank you for hooking up. You guys are awesome. We love you. And uh, let's believe God for breakthrough wherever you are. If you're in that house, get hungry, get ready. God's going to do something in the house by the Spirit of God. Father, bless every campus. Fill them with the power of God. Let the anointing of heaven flow. Let your river flow. Lord, we see New Zealand shaken by the power of God. In Jesus' name, can somebody give God a shout of praise in here right now? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. He's awesome. So what do we do next? What's up now? We just pray for people. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's have a Holy Ghost meeting in here for a minute. Is that all right? Are you hungry? Me too. That's why I'm going to go to Denny's in about 30 minutes time. Come on, let's lift our hands all across the house. Spirit of the living God. Do you know, here's the thing. I'm a, I, I guess my job, I'm a pastor, but I'm, I like to think that I'm trying to be a bit of a revivalist. And I'm not saying I'm like Charles Finney or anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting weird. I just want people to have a revival in their life. That's, that's all I'm sort of saying. You know, just hook up with the Spirit of God and get touched. And so tonight... Would you just get hungry for a minute? Would you? All over this house. I know you already are. You, you're just like the best church ever. And But I, but I want to see God's hand touch your life. Now, I'd, I'd just ask if maybe we could lift our hands to heaven all across the building. The worship team is just going to lead us in a little bit of a song. I want us to take a moment. Let's get our affection. Let's get our attention. Let's get our eyes on Jesus because he's going to touch your life right now in this place. People are going to get changed. Miracles are going to happen. Can we just take 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 11 seconds if you want to? lift your hands just glorify him let his anointing get on you if you've got sickness in any part of your world in your physical body just put your hand on the sick part of your body right now we're going to pray we're going to pray feel like God's going to heal hearts he's going to heal spines he's going to heal bones he's going to heal skin conditions you're going to heal right now by the power of God. Father, you're the healer. Lord Jesus, you are the great physician. And Lord God, there's sick amongst us. And Lord God, we ask you in the name that's above every name. Lord, I pray do miracles right now. Healing. Heal bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I bind sickness. I bind disease. I break the power of it. God, let knees be healed. Let joints be healed. Let necks be healed. Let lungs be healed. Let blood be healed. Let cancer cells wither up and die in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that arthritis would be broken. Lord God, digestive systems would be broken. Lord God, I pray things like celiac disease and gluten and allergy issues, God, would be broken by the power of God. Sinus issues broken by the power of God. Lord God, eye issues, ear issues. God, I pray right now, do miracles from the front to the back, in the bleachers, on the floor, all over this building. Let the miracle power of Jesus flow right now. Somebody shout in the house. Come on. Let's see it. Here we go. Come on.